Blessings family and welcome to It's All We Can Eat, finding strategies and fueling up on the fruit of the spirit. I hope that you had a wonderful weekend and having an amazing Monday already and preparing yourself for such a wonderful week ahead. I am so excited about this week's episode, which is entitled, We Are an Offering. And we, in fact, are. Um, the main scriptures that are going to be used today are Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Matthew 12, 33, especially Romans 12, 1, since we're talking about being an offering and a sacrifice. And we're, it seems like we're always going to be somewhere around John 15, 5 as one of our core scriptures concerning uh, the fruit of the Spirit. So get ready, prepare yourselves for something that I know will bless you, not only in listening today, but even as you share with others and even as you meditate on these scriptures. So I'll see you in the next, well, not see you. I'll be waiting for you in the next segment. God bless you. Blessings, family, and welcome to It's All We Can Eat finding strategies for feasting on the fruit of the Spirit. For those of you who are new uh, to the podcast, um, here on the podcast as well as in my ebook series, my hope and prayer is that with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll be able to assist you in discovering and dining on the various expressions of God's love, better known as the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I'm confident that in addition to the podcast, as you pray and have personal Bible study, and continue this conversation with the Holy Spirit, you'll come away with a better understanding of how to find refreshment and get refueled by the fruit of the Spirit. Now, what I've discovered since launching this podcast is that the Holy Spirit is still teaching me principles and giving me slices about the fruit of the Spirit, even though I've already written an ebook about it and actually working on another volume. But see, that's just how rich and relevant and active God's word is. So since he's still teaching me and I'm still learning from him, I might as well share with you, even if what he's teaching me comes in real time as a direct download. So grab your notebooks or journals, a pen, your Bible, and let's discover together some nutritious nuggets or sweet slices from God's word. Also, feel free to email me any questions or prayer requests you have at warringglobalpublishing at yahoo.com or leave a voice message here on the podcast. And also, please share the podcast. Someone you know could use some encouragement, even if they haven't told you so. I really appreciate you investing time, time from your life today by listening to the podcast. So I'll respect your investment of time by not reviewing all or most of last week's episode. Instead, I'll just remind you of three key principles or slices. And as I stated earlier, I'm sure that as you pray and study these Bible verses and meditate on them and have further conversations with the Holy Spirit, you'll get a greater revelation and another level of nutritional value. However, here are the three principles or slices produced from my personal study that I shared last week. Number one, both the fruit that results 
as well as the rivers that run or circulate inside of me are not just to sustain or refresh me, but also to revive and refresh others. According to John 7:38, where Jesus said, believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being. Number two, fruitfulness and flourishing should be synonymous with uh, the results of, of rivers flowing or righteous living or righteousness circulating inside of us. And these also serve as spiritual pesticides and insecticides that will protect us from the corruption, corrosion, and consumption by pests on the outside or any other elements or entities. The scripture reference that I gave was Psalm 92 verses 2 through 14, which states that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. And they shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. They'll also be planted by the house of the Lord. They shall bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be full of sap and spiritual vitality. Number three. The established law and stipulation is that standing, staying, or being rooted in, or in having our root system situated in or near rivers or streams of living water will result in a fruitfulness and longevity. And scripture reference for that is Psalm 1 verse 2 through 3, which reads, but his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies, day and by night. Interesting thing is the Passion Translation reads, His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in the true revelation light. As a result, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Here's the key. Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting. However, it says of this person, they are ever blessed and ever prosperous. You see, this is the secret sauce to our success remaining in, abiding in, um, and meditating on God's word day and night. And here's the extra slice. In order to step up or speed up God's process, we must stay in position, delighting in him and pondering day and night in his instructions. You see, staying in position is actually our first step. And he will be so pleased that we're staying in place that we, he will busy himself on our behalf. In other words, he will make it his business to bless us. And that scripture references Psalm 37, 23 through 24, which reads, the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord. And when he delights in his way and he busies himself with his every step, that was the Amplified Classic. The Amplified reads, 
It says that he blesses his path. And that's awesome. So now that I've recapped Living Water and segued into the introduction of this week's episode, which is We Are an Offering, please meet me in the next segment for some fresh insight from one of the chapters in my book. God bless you. Welcome back to this week's episode, episode eight, which is entitled, We Are an Offering. Now, as I start this segment, I believe that it's best to include a supporting scripture, just as I did in my ebook. That supporting scripture is found in Romans 12, 1, which reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all God's mercies to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. And that's Romans 12, 1 versus, um, that's actually the Amplified Classic version. The Passion Translation reads, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. One more translation. Um, this is the, from the message. And it reads, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So I'm going to unpack this starting with mercies, the mercies of God. The Greek word for mercy is oikchermos, O-I-K-T-I-R-M-O-S. It's defined as compassion, favor, grace, and pity. And it means the deep feeling about someone's difficulty or misfortune. As it pertains to the believer, it means the deeper feelings God has for all of us and powerfully shows and shares in those following him. You know, this reminds me of uh, Hebrews 4.15, which reads, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Of course, that would be the King James Version. The Amplified Classic reads, um, it says, unable to sympathize and understand and have shared feelings with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. You see, what I found is that there are also several places in Scripture where it says that the Lord was, is moved with compassion. Now, what blesses me about this is that he not only feels what we feel and understands and sympathizes with us, but he does something about it. See, he's moved to do something about it. In other words, he makes moves. 
And what he does is give us grace and favor to get through it. And as an example of some of the moves that he makes. So in the same way that the Apostle Paul asked the question, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I want to ask a similar one. As we recognize or remember his marvelous mercies, what's our proper or reasonable response? What should we do? My suggestion is, since he was moved to give us grace, mercy, and favor, we should be moved too. In other words, we should respond like Paul said, surrender ourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. This should be a move that we make every day, throughout the day even. And, as, and even as the message translation says, you know, with God helping us, because we can't accomplish this in our own strength, nor with our own strategies. However, with God's favor, grace, and mercy, let's take our everyday, ordinary life, our sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and I might add, driving in traffic or riding public transportation life, and place it before God as an offering, and embracing the truth that what God does for us is the best thing that we could do for Him. In other words, let's make moves, or as we used to say back in the day, let's bust the move. So meet me in the next segment for some fresh insight on how we can make or bust some moves. God bless you. Welcome back. This segment is titled, Let's Make Moves. Uh, Before I get into it, I just want to add what we render or release from ourselves will result in how others recognize and respond to us as well as how they reverence God. And this is what stuck out to me when I read Matthew 5:16 which says let your light so shine among men that they see your good works and glorify your Father God who is in heaven. And of course that's my paraphrase. And perhaps this is why our master made it clear um, in Matthew 12, 33, when he said, either make the tree sound healthy and good and its fruit sound healthy and good, or make the tree rotten, diseased and bad, and its fruit rotten, diseased and bad. For the tree is known and recognized and judged by its fruit. And this also reminds me of an old slogan from my hometown of Chester, uh, Chester, Pennsylvania, that dates back to 1926. Um, There are signs that can still be seen throughout the city. The slogan says, what Chester makes, makes Chester. And as I said, this slogan is from 1926 and it can still be seen Um, on signs and painted on walls um, throughout the city. And basically this is because the town was an industrious town, um, a lot of factories. In fact, there was the Sun Shipbuilding um, shipyard there on the waterfront, which employed a lot of people in the county, I'm sure as well as the state. And so the point is that what was produced, what was manufactured, Um, made the city um, reputable, made it popular, made it famous. And what 
I realized from that is that we as individual Christians, um, as well as the body of Christ corporately, we can be considered a city, especially considering um, Matthew 5, 14. You see, we were made in the image and the likeness of God, according to Genesis 126, and we are molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness, according to Romans 8, 29. And apart from him, we're unable to bear or render or even be the fruit which he requires to resemble him, which is, of course, his image and his likeness. So what we make of our lives determines how we make our God look to others, either good or bad. You know, we were made to be good and to make him famous, uh, to make his name great. Um, some scripture references are, Exodus 9, 16, Psalm 20, verse 7, and Psalm 22, 22. So in the same way that that slogan from my hometown, what Chester makes, makes Chester, uh, what we make, what we make of the lives that God has given us, um, not only makes us, but it also makes God look good. And since this is how we were made, being made in the image of likeness of God, um, we are mandated to make sure that what we produce and how we serve is something that makes our master and our maker proud. We must be mindful that what we make makes us and it makes us who we are, or at least how we are known or recognized. Having this mindset should keep us securely attached to our maker where he can make us into the much fruit that we were meant to be, according to John 15, 5. So our meditation, our motto, and our mission should be um, what is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, where it says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is showing others um, what we're made of pretty, pretty much. Now, from what I've read and studied, as well as what the Holy Spirit has written through me, I received the revelation that our fruit is not just what we eat, it's what we exemplify. In other words, it's not just what we ingest, it's what we issue. I'll say it another way. It's not what we digest, it's what we distribute. You know, Adonai admonished the disciples and us in John 13, 15, and this is this contemporary English version. It reads, I have set the example and you should do for each other exactly what I have done for you. Another scripture um, that pertains to this would be 1 Corinthians 11, 1. And this is the Apostle Paul advising the church at Corinth when he said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Another thing that I realized about our fruit is that our fruit isn't just for eating, it's for edifying and glorifying. In other words, our fruit is what we use to edify others and what we also use to glorify God. Some references uh, scripture references to this point would be 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Romans 14, 19, 
uh, as well as 15 2, as well as what I referred to earlier, Matthew 5 16. Therefore, we must make sure that we set a godly example for both believers and non believers. Another thing that I discovered about our fruit is that our fruit isn't just for gathering or entertaining. As I alluded, alluded to earlier, it's for who we glorify and how we edify. In other words, we're supposed to use our fruit to glorify, amplify, and exemplify God as well as edify others. Therefore, we must glorify God and shine our light by engaging in good works such as edifying, educating, empowering, and encouraging others. Another thing that we should remember is that our fruit is not just a delicacy to dine on or to devour. It is also for displaying and distributing. In other words, it's not just for us to feast on or feed on, but it's also for us to feed to others. And also, our fruit is not just delectable. It's a demonstration, our fruit of the Spirit that we demonstrate to others should be something that is attractive and appealing, um, something that is, I guess you would say, appetizing. Also, it's more than edible to us. It's edification for others. It's not just for our supper. It's for us to supply to others. You see, there's an expectation from God that since he is our source and we are the branches or abiding in the tree, or abiding in the true vine, we're not only to bear good fruit, but we should also be good fruit by supplying it to others for their sustenance. Last thing I'll say about this, as far as us making moves, is that we are blessed or made fruitful to be a blessing or to bear fruit. And I believe that we would be more effective in advancing and expanding the kingdom of God, if we realize that when God spoke to Abraham, he was also speaking to us when he said, I will bless you and make you descendants into a great nation. You will become famous and be a blessing to others. As Genesis 12, 2, that's the New Living Translation, actually it says, I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You see, God's expectation is that we envision ourselves as the conduit or pipeline or corridor through which blessings flow from him, pass through us and get transported to others. You know, I've heard it said that if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. You see, it's not a question, actually, if he can get it to us, because that's indicative by the fact that we are connected to Christ. That is, of course, if we are intimately connected to him. So my paraphrase is, if God can get it through us, then he can get it to them. So let's continue to make moves. Welcome back and thanks for sticking around for this segment. Uh, this segment is entitled, It's Our Move. Uh, if we are going to be effective in making moves, we have to first own it. We have to first identify it as ours. I just want to reflect for a moment 
on in one of my chapters in volume one of It's All We Can Eat, Feasting on the Fruit of the Spirit, I had alluded to us and our responsibility to not only have or bear fruit, but also to be fruit. And while studying in a later chapter, I had discovered something about the word bear as it relates to us as offerings or fruit. You see, one of the Greek words for bear is, as it appears in John 15, which referenced earlier, is pharaoh, P-H-E-R-O, pharaoh. And some of the meanings of the word pharaoh are to bring forth and to move. And with this additional study and the new discovery of uh, the definitions, it led me to believe that our Lord's desire is that we not only have or bear fruit, but to also be and bring forth fruit or to, to move fruit. See, it's not a matter of this or that. The fact of the matter is it's this and that. It's to bear fruit or bring forth fruit as well as be fruit and move fruit. Yes, this is, this is it. And not only should we be the fruit, but we should also be moved to much abundant fruit, as Jesus said in John 15, 5 and, and 15, 8. See, when we do this, our Father is honored and glorified. As acknowledged earlier, like Abraham, we're blessed to be a blessing. And we shouldn't be content with just being containers. We're supposed to also be conduits. You know, blessings are not supposed to just come to us and stop and stay with us. Um, we are blessed to be distribution centers and blessings are to be dispatched through us as they come to us. Therefore, in the same way that blessings should flow through us, fruit or the fruit of the spirit should flow through us or move through us in the same manner. We must not make the mistake of not recognizing that God is moving blessings through us and not just moving them to us. And the more we are willing to realize this and release what moves through us, the greater the capacity grows for us to receive more from him. We had learned in an earlier episode that karpos, the Greek word for fruit and harvest, results from two life streams. It's the Lord living his life through ours to yield what is eternal. And I believe that in a similar sense, this fruit or this harvest that's produced by the Holy Spirit, it serves a, a dual purpose. In other words, what is reaped as a result of the Holy Spirit residing in us serves in several roles. The first role of the fruit is to serve as an offering to God. You know, throughout the Bible, there are occasions when God's people were commanded to give him an offering. And sometimes what was ordered was a first fruits offering, as in Exodus 23, 16 and Deuteronomy 26, 2, uh, Proverbs 3, 9 and, and James 1, 18. Um, I often call my bishop uh, and pastor, uh, Bishop um, Dickie Robbins, 
and um, listening to his voicemail message, greeting. A portion of it says, today is God's gift to you. What you do with today is your gift to God. You see, in the same sense, uh, the fruit or the work that is produced in us by God is his gift to us. And what we do with this fruit is our gift or our offering back to God. You know, some scripture passages that pertain to us uh, presenting an offering to God besides um, Romans 12, 1, uh, are also Romans 6, 13, as well as James 4, 17. Uh, the second role of the fruit is to serve as an offering to ourselves. You see, it, it's the work that is done in us that produces fruit that is for us. You know, we're commanded um, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, according to Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, And I believe that before we can adequately love our neighbor, we must first be able to adequately love ourselves. In fact, we must see ourselves as our neighbor first. In other words, we can only love our neighbor and move or offer fruit to them to the degree that we love ourselves and that we enjoy the fruit. And in the same sense, we must receive the fruit, which is at work in us as an offering from God and allow it to work on us. And then we can offer it to others. You know, growing up, my mom used to always tell me that charity begins at home and spreads abroad. I thought she was quoting a Bible verse, as she sometimes would do. However, I've discovered that that um, specifically is not in the Bible. But I do believe that the point that she was making or principle she was teaching was that love or charity must begin in the home or within ourselves, within our hearts, before it can spread and be offered to others, such as our neighbors. And once we've presented fruit as an offering to or for ourselves, then we can make offerings to others, which leads me to another role of the fruit or harvest of the Spirit. And that is to serve as an offering to others. As I alluded to earlier, when referencing Matthew 5.14, we're like cities, and not only cities, but cities set on hills, which cannot be hidden. At some point, someone should have a front row seat from where they can see us bearing fruit, offering fruit, or being fruit, whether it's to God, ourselves, or to others. And this will be a way that they are drawn out of or away from darkness. And this is an example of the true vine living and working vicariously through us in order to reach others, redeem them, and in return, they are re reunited with him and to begin to bear fruit themselves. You know, what I found interesting as I wrote this is that intrinsic in our bearing fruit or making an offering to ourselves and to others is that those offerings that bearing and being fruit eventually ends up right back on God's altar. You see, he's going to get his honor and glory one way or another. So we might as well 
um, do it the way that glorifies him the most and gives us the greater increase. With that being said, here are some of the slices or principles that uh, I discovered when doing um, study from this episode. Number one, what we render or release from ourselves will result in how others recognize and respond to us, as well as how they reverence God. That scripture references John, um, actually Matthew 5.16. Number two, what we make of ourselves determine how we make our God look to others, either good or bad. You know, we were made to be good and to make him famous, to make his name great. As it says in um, Exodus 9, 16 and Psalm 20, verse 7 and 22, 22. So, yeah, even as Jesus had said to the disciples, make a tree good and his fruit will be good. That should be our objective. Number three. We are mandated to make sure that what we produce and how we serve is something that makes our master and our maker proud. We must be mindful that what we make makes us. And that's according to Matthew 12, 33. And for a bonus slice, that principle would be, as it pertains to our purpose, which is to produce much fruit, to have an abundant harvest and thereby making God's name great, our meditation motto and mission should be to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So there we have this week's episode we are an offering. I hope this is, has blessed you and also inspired you to do a deeper study um, based on the Bible verses referenced. And just want you to be mindful that it's all we can eat. So let's make moves and offerings. Again, I'm asking you to please feel free to email me any questions or prayer requests at warringglobalpublishing at yahoo.com or leave me a message here on the podcast. And if you'd like a copy of my ebook or additional information, you can visit warringglobalpublishing.com. And also, again, please, please, please share the podcast because someone you know could use the encouragement even if they haven't told you so. God bless you and have a productive week. And remember, it's all we can eat. Let's remain fixed, focused, and flourishing.